Chapter 7 of Rational Theology as Taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by John Andreas Widsow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. Chapter 7 Man is that he may have joy. Is the increasing power of man a sufficient reward for the effort and struggle that must accompany progression? This is a question that comes to every student of the gospel. Power in itself may not be the ideal end of existence. It becomes necessary, therefore, to determine if there is associated with power gifts that make worthwhile the eternal searching out of knowledge in order that greater power may be won consciousness and the universe intelligent spirits have possessed from the beginning a consciousness of the world in which they found themselves they must have been susceptible from the first of feeling pleasure and pain and must have had equivalents of our senses which possibly were keener than those we now possess when they were placed in opposition to any law of nature pain or its equivalent undoubtedly resulted exactly as today when they moved along with law, joy must have been sensed, as today. Intelligent beings cannot rejoice in pain. Therefore, from the beginning, to avoid pain and to secure joy, they have searched out and obeyed law. The more advanced the intelligence, the greater the number of laws that are understood to which adaptation may be made, and therefore the greater the possibility of joy. The search for increasing power, carried on by all normal beings, is then really a search for greater and more abiding joy. There is no godliness in pain, except as it is an incident in securing more knowledge. True freedom, which is full joy, is the complete recognition of law and adaptation to it. Bondage comes from ignorance of law, or opposition to it. The primeval condition man's approach to a fullness of joy is pictured in his revealed history through the veil of forgetting we see but dimly our pre-existent condition the gospel student does not really concern himself greatly with the details of the life before this one so much needs to be done in this life that he is content with the great outlines of pre-existent life which may assist him to understand the eternal journey of intelligence. Of the primeval condition of man, little is known. He found about him many forces operating in diverse ways, and to control them, and thus have a sense of joy, he began to study them. The story of that early day of striving for the greatest goal has not been told to mortal man. The First Estate Matter exists, perhaps, in many forms, but may be classified as the ponderable matter of earth, known directly through the senses, and as the imponderable matter, which cannot be sensed directly by man. This second class, often called spirit matter, is perhaps most important, for it is not unlikely that from it are derived all other forms of matter. It was of first importance that the intelligent beings aiming at the conquest of the universe should learn to understand thoroughly the properties of universal matter in all of its forms. 
as nearly as can be learned the efforts of man were first devoted to education in the properties of spirit matter we were begotten spirits by god who thus became our father and we are his sons and daughters our career in the spirit world is often spoken of as man's first estate how long man remained in the first estate is not known undoubtedly however it was long enough to enable him to become thoroughly familiar with the manifestations of all forms of spirit substance only when education in this division of the universe was completed were we permitted to enter the next estate the second estate the kind of matter characteristic of this earth and the so-called material universe also forms an important part of the universe no spirit can acquire real mastery over the universe until this form of matter is so thoroughly understood as to be used and governed the next step in the education of these intelligent beings was therefore to teach them familiarity with gross matter consequently the spirits passed out of the spirit world and were born into the world of earthly things the world we now occupy as men and women clothed upon by a body consisting of gross matter so that intimate familiarity with the nature and possibilities of gross matter might be acquired this is called the second estate of man the business of man is to become so thoroughly acquainted with earth conditions that through the possession of an earthly body he may go on forever the third estate we pass out of this but reappear in another world for a brief time separated from our earth one body but finally possessing bodies of both kinds of universal matter in this estate both the spirit matter and the grosser matter composing our final bodies are represented by their essences and therefore permit perfect freedom and ease of movement and thought these celestial bodies as they are called connect the intelligence with all parts of the universe and become mighty helps in the endless search for truth this is the third estate of man such then are the three estates and as far as known all the estates of man whether the outline as here presented in its details is precise or not matters little the essential thing is that man has to undergo experience upon experience to attain the desired mastery of the external universe and that we of this earth are passing through an estate designed wholly for our further education everlasting joy it follows that in each estate with each onward step a profounder knowledge of the laws of nature is attained when conscious active wills are thus at work the new knowledge makes possible a more perfect adaptation of man to law the more completely law is obeyed the greater the consciousness of perfect joy throughout eternal life increasing knowledge is attained and with increasing knowledge comes the greater adaptation to law and in the end an increasingly greater joy therefore it is that eternal life is the greatest gift of god and that the plan of salvation is priceless. End of chapter 7